Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. (laughs) Sibling rivalry. That's good. So... This, yeah, this, is, was... this episode is Krista Bilton and Evan. Um, and this was really incredible. Oh, my God. I was so excited to have someone on that has had this experience of like, you know. I know. Sperm donors. Having a 35 plus Ahab. 50 plus siblings out there that, that they're, they're just they're continuously learning about and connecting. Um, right. So, so what these, what what are what everybody's about to hear is is one of many stories which I, I kind of want to get more of these people on, um, but of of siblings that found out late uh, when they were adults that they had like five thousand siblings. There's like thirty eight of them or something. Mm-hmm. Like there's uh, thirty five. There are thirty five and counting. Actually, this mm-hmm. is the name of the book she wrote. It's called Normal Family on Truth, Love. And how I met my 35 siblings. That's right. Yeah. So they shared their wild story with us, with us uh, which we're not going to ruin. So listen to this episode and 
Yeah, it's 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 awesome. I mean, we you get we get into like nature versus nurture, you know, because there's a similarity, a through line, a thread. Um, well, and forgiveness because a lot of these parents didn't tell their kids that they're like sperm donors. No, I know, and the crazy the, the, the sperm donor, which you will listen to. I mean, what a wild guy! Oh my know? god, handsome, anyway, sexy. Crazy. Don't spoil it. Don't Sorry. spoil okay. it. Forget it. Listen. All right, here is Krista Bilton and Evan. Hi, guys. How's Hi. It How are you? So happy to be here. How's it going? We're so excited about this crazy story. What's going on? <laughs> it's a crazy story. Um, so what's so crazy is you guys actually, you look alike. I mean, you're, you're related. You're siblings. You look yeah. alike. But you didn't know each other until you were how old? I guess I was, I was 32. Yeah, and you were 30. Now I'm 38, yeah. so 36. Jeez. Yeah, we've known each other for what, two years? Yeah, a little bit yeah. Time, sure. Well, let's, we, well, let's yeah, start. Yeah, we got to, we yeah, because yeah, context <laughs> Krista, is necessary. Gonna, let's start, Crystal, let's start with you because you, okay. wrote the, you wrote the book. It came out, it came out this summer, right? Yeah, Evan, how come you didn't write the book? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Don't put him on the spot, Oliver. You got to write a rival book next year. <laughs> yeah. This is only yeah, how he thinks. A completely different tale. It's going to challenge <laughs> or proxy right. <laughs> right. Um. Well. Oh God, I don't even know where to start. This is like start, start from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. Start from the beginning. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Why don't you start from the very beginning of how you grew up? Okay. Um, so, so I guess you, so in the early eighties, my mom was a lesbian who really wanted to start a family, um, but didn't know anyone else sort of in her community who had had kids. So she was, and this was just in the beginning of sperm banks and, you know, you know, just, uh, she was pretty much in the closet except with the people that knew, et cetera, et cetera. So she, she went through this comical manhunt that I document in the book. And ultimately, my very handsome father walked into a hair salon in Beverly Hills. And she looked at him and she said, oh, th that's him. That's going to be the father of my children. And she took him out to lunch and offered him a couple thousand dollars to, <laughs> uh, to give her sperm so that she could then have me with a turkey baster. Like actual, um, an actual but, turkey baster. So I was actually conceived with an actual market bought turkey That's baster. crazy because that is sort of the cliche joke. Like, eh, you're going to get turkey basted, but you actually got I'm, turkey baster. a literal actually, wow. turkey <laughs> And so, so, but then, so, but as my mother was conceiving me, she wanted to ensure that he, he had no STDs that he might pass on. So she took him to a tiny little place that was just starting up called the California Cryobank, which would ultimately go on to become one of the two largest sperm banks in the world. And while he was there getting his blood drawn for this woman who had paid him to do this, he saw a lineup of men uh, and was like, who are they? And the nurse taking the blood was like, oh, those are our donors. And he realized that this was a way he could make a living. Mm -hmm. Um so my mom, seeing this questioning, made him swear he would never do this for anyone else. Um, this stranger she had just met in the hair salon. And he he swore he wouldn't. And um, she went on to turn him into a dad figure after I was born because she felt guilty that I didn't have a dad. Mm. 
So he was sort of a pay. How does that? How does someone convince someone to be a dad figure? I'm just trying. Well, to- she paid. She paid him. It, he, I didn't realize how literal that was right. until when I was actually reporting out the book. But it turns out it was literally like he'd come for a birthday party. Right. Here's a hundred bucks. Hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. And I think you know. And he was some context I should give is that uh, my dad. So he. He was this very handsome sort of hippie um, who then had a hard time. And so he, at that time, was like, you know, in addition to having me, and then, you know, he was doing stripograms, and he was a Chippendales dancer, and then later on would, you know... Playgirl model. A playgirl model, and then, you know, sleep, you know, living from house to house of friends, and ultimately would become homeless and have some, like, hard mental health challenges. Oh, wow. He does not identify as homeless. We should add. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, he does. We would identify him yeah, we would that identify way. Okay. So, but anyways, so so he secretly starts giving sperm a couple times a week for a decade. Wow. Without my mom knowing, and so in my mid twenties, this big secret comes out that we potentially have anywhere from several dozen to hundreds, you know, possible hundreds. I mean, it was sold something like I think they said like over five hundred times. Yeah. Well, you, oh, he, he donated 500 times. Yeah, over, oh, in excess oh, of that. Oh, my God. Whoa. How much, does he, how much do you get per pop? No, Oliver. I mean, yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I, just got, I just got killed <laughs> off my show. Only, I think it's only a couple hundred bucks. I think it's only a couple hundred bucks per pop. Uh, but he was a high demand. Yeah. He's a very high demand. It's, well, yeah. and also, each time you donate, it's multiple vials they can create out of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is... Oh, my God. So, you know of 35 siblings. Now we're in the low 40s. It's low 40s now. Yeah, it's low 40s. It's now. an ever-increasing... Like, he was a late member to the group. Yeah, I was like 37 or 38, and we've added some since then. And how did yeah. you guys wow. find each other? Because of the uptick in ancestry testing, DNA testing, it's now just random. Because you have to understand that, like, in the 80s and early 90s when this was happening, um, it was a lot of heterosexual couples where there was infertility when they would come. And they were routinely advised not to tell their children that they were a product of a sperm donor. So when people find out, the great majority just grew up knowing their mom and dad as their biological parents. And it's only by accidentally taking one of these tests that they realized that they had a sperm donor. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting seasonality to it too. So whenever Ancestry or 23andMe does a sale, you know, about three months later, there's usually an uptick then in the siblings that'll come up on there. I, I'm a case in point, but literally, it's like literally about beginning of February each year, we add another two, three, four people. Wow. Yeah. I just recently looked at my my DNA and it says I have like 1,500 relatives. Yeah, those things pop up and I just immediately Which erase is- them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> I, it it literally gives me anxiety. I, like, I, you have eight thousand new cousins, and like, I'm like uh, I, I was like, who's this about person? Eight thousand like, new half siblings. Yeah. <laughs> siblings. I mean, but what a cool journey then to go on. You know, it's this. It's like forever unraveling secret. You know, when you realize that there might be multiple, like, what? Where was your mother's place in it? Where is your mother now? My mother lives up the street and we're very close and she sort of plays the role of grandma to my two kids. Okay. And uh, 
but that was the journey. It's the book is really the sort of the story of me growing up with my crazy alcoholic, larger than life, pyramid scheming mom. Mm-hmm. And then her sort of sometimes very humorous, sometimes tragic attempt to like give me a sense of family. Mm-hmm. And so when she when she found out about uh his my dad's donations, even though they had never had a traditional relationship, like she and her mind had built it up to be like we were mom, dad, me and my little sister. And so she thought that each and every single one of the discovered siblings was like, my father had, it was like an adulterate, like he had cheated on her each wow. time. Like it was, she had a real mental breakdown. Right. Oh, no. Your mom sounds like yeah. a pretty amazing sort of eccentric woman though. Someone who is just yeah. sort of flies by the seat of her pants. I mean, the fact that she could just say, hey, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to give you a couple grand. And guy's like, okay, to do what? You know, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, she's yeah. one of a kind. No, no, she really is one of a kind. <laughs> and I mean, it, when you read the book, which obviously everyone should do, I mean, you start to see some of these stories and it truly does come out of a, a if done as a movie, no one would believe it kind of thing. Well, how much you of know? these, well, how many of these stories saying, are like, true? You can't even write it. Right. Because, how, yeah. Fictionally, it's because so it's just so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how much is true and how much do you think is embellishments? Like, are, are we, you know, because I, we have people in our life you know, who half of the things that he says is, I think, true. And then half of it is like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, that's the craziest thing. The threats, though. <laughs> yes, my mother is a complete unreliable narrator. So <laughs> wherever in the book uh, I wasn't able to verify something through other sources, then I would use words like allegedly or... Right. Yeah. Like right. my mother allegedly inspired Mick Jagger's lyric, you can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. But like, I have no way of proving that. Okay, so but so this is a funny. It's colorful funny. story. Well, here's what I read, okay? I read this um, when, I, when I read that part of your story. I dated this girl for three years. Her name was Vanessa Shaw. She, her whole family was born into Nichiren Daishonin Buddhism. Oh, fascinating. Nam okay. Renge Kyo. And so I was a part of that for a minute while I was dating her. From her mother, I heard that someone in this sect of Buddhism is the one who inspired that song. Because they were with Mick Jagger at some party or something like that. That was my mother. It was your mother was there, right? Yes. Right. Your mom was there and they were just talking and, and, and basically through this Buddhism said... You know, look, you, you can't always get what you want, but you'll get what you need. Because that's sort of the philosophy of this Nietzsche and Daishonin Buddhism. And I've, 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 take, I've known that story, or I don't know whether it's real or not, but I, is there a connection here in some yes, crazy yes. way? So that story has been told since like the 60s. Okay. And my mother was very high up in that organization. Like she went to Japan seven times. Wow. That is crazy. She was the head of the women's... Division. She was like, what a weird oh right So she probably knows. Mr. Sadanaga, she- yeah. who was the head thing back then. I, you but know, I do also- need trend. I still need, I still need trend. I still chant. Yeah. I, I chant on an airplane, just like I go through my beads, but I don't, I don't do the whole thing. I mean, it, I mean, it's, you know, my mom used yeah. to, we would be on the verge of homelessness yeah. chanting for, yeah. well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing that chant since I was very oh young. Oh my God, but, that's uh, so crazy. So this is sort of a Nietzsche and Daishonin lore in a way. But your mom is yes. the one who claims- She was oh. the central to the, 
to all of that. Like all of the <laughs> different rock stars that came in yes. were my mother. Like Tina Turner was my mom. Like, yeah. it was all, yeah. Oh my, my mom God. was very, she was always in the center of all that stuff. And um, you guys grew up in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, you guys have been really in the center of a lot of that no, stuff. No, no, but, but it's funny. I much. guarantee your mom knows like Larry Shaw and, 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 and I forget Vanessa. I know Larry, yeah. No, I think Larry Shaw. Oh. Larry Shaw's old school. Larry Shaw is who I called to confirm this story. Oh my God. <laughs> that was my. <laughs> That's crazy. So Vanessa Shaw's daughter, I was dated for three years. You know, she's she an actress. She was like, wow. she like lived in our house. Yeah. Larry up. and then, I'm God, what so was her funny. mother's name? Well, the background, really- the background on that lyric is hilarious because they would tell everyone, all you have to do to get what you want is to chant this chant. And, yeah. and people were, you know, applying it to... And so my mother, Larry Shaw tells this amazing story. My mother and her girlfriends would get on their motorcycles and these mini skirts. And it was back when Sunset Strip was like car to car, bumper to bumper. And they would, with their motorcycles, go in and out of traffic and be like, come over here. We have a chanting meeting. Follow us. And like all the young men would just follow the girls in the mini skirts yeah. to the chanting meeting. But it was their <laughs> yeah. way of recruiting people right. into Nishon and Buddhism. But when they would get there, they would be doing the meeting and explaining how the chant worked. And a man would raise his hand and be like, so I just have to chant to sleep with her and then I'll get what I want. And that's how they came up with the line. You just have to, you always get what you want, but you get what you need. So that was where my mother had come up with it. But then she was, yeah, with the Rolling Stones for like a couple of weeks. And, um, but she was gay. And I guess Mick Jagger was coming on to her and that was her hilarious line back. Um, Right. Wow. This allegedly. Whole, this, I added the alleged so in there because I, you know. I, I, either way, it's a great it's story. Got, I think they should just, the Stones should just confirm it. I, that's the thing is we got to figure great. out how the, what the real story is. But it's so funny that, that Larry and your mom. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's insane. So, so wow. you found out you were a donor baby in your 20s? I found out, yeah. So I have been told that my parents were best friends who had had a kid together. And then through a long and wild uh, experience that my, it, it was on the front page of the Times that my father was this anonymous donor coming forward and there were all these kids that he was meeting and that my mother discovered it by reading the newspaper. Okay. Um, Why did he decide to come forward? He, Needed it's such money. a long story. I'm wondering, like maybe- We'll it's have just, to read the book, but yeah. basically he, he was sitting at a coffee shop in Venice at that point you know, yeah. mm-hmm. living in his car. And uh, and on the front page was this story, our, uh, you know, hi, sister, nice to meet you, our father's donor 150. And he remembered that his number was donor 150. Mm. And he was like, oh my God, that's crazy. I'm on the front page of the New York Times. So I have to, so oh, he wow. called uh, the people involved to be like, I am donor 150. So two years later, the New York Times followed him meeting those kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, so Evan, let's let's bring you mm-hmm. into this now. So when did it. you find out that you were give us some background on on how you grew up first? Yeah. So so my mom is heterosexual and she was married to my dad. And my dad had had two children before me, and then he had a vasectomy before he and my mom had ever met. And this is obvious in the back in the 80s. And then my mom, when they had gotten married, always wanted to have a child and they weren't able to conceive. So she went through a sperm clinic. And then obviously when you go to one of these clicks, especially back then, there was only one person that hit all of these different criteria where it's like, okay, they need to be blonde. They need to be this height. They need to have this SAT score. 
whatever. And Jeffrey, I think that's why he was such a prolific donor. He's literally the only person that hit all these mm -hmm. characteristics. Uh, and then I had a much, I had a, not similar to Chris's, but I had a turbulent childhood as well. Uh, my father was like very abusive, was an alcoholic, whatever. Um, eventually my parents divorced and, you know, especially related to the alcoholism, my mom wanted me to know like, hey, like you are, you know, not, you were not conceived by him, right? And so I was told when I was about nine. So I, but I knew for a long time and I knew, like, I actually knew in my head that there were probably other siblings out there. I knew that there was probably another family out there. And I just had no interest in really looking all of this up for, for a long time. But you would fantasize about, like, who your biological father was. Because there's so many things that I am just very, very different from my mom's side of the family on that I knew that there had to be something coming from something, mm. right? Yeah. Like, I think, like, I look much more like Jeffrey. I have a lot of behaviors that are much more like Jeffrey. He's the spitting like, image of my dad. Mm. Like, really? If I show you pictures, you won't believe it. Wow. Yeah, like I'm like the less handsome version of Jeff, oh, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like like in terms of like careers, like Jeff, like my uh, paternal great grandfather, it's almost one to one, like all these different things, right? And then it's so I, anyway, so you start to fantasize about some of these things, like oh, what was I actually getting? It was just a kind of genetic coincidence and everything. And I actually studied evolutionary biology, so this is obviously something that's wow. always been in my brain. Amazing, but the reason why I never really had an interest in looking into it is because what I had figured, and also if you kind of go online, a lot of people, when they find out these things, it's like, oh, some guy donated once or twice when he was at college and he has his own family and there's like one donor kid mm -hmm. or there's maybe like one or two. And then people have this really awkward situation where they try to like insert themselves in that person's life. And that's not something I ever had any interest in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not, I didn't have the greatest like kind of family experience growing up. And it's like, the last thing I wanted to do is go and insert myself into somebody else's, right? Mm -hmm. And then I don't really understand. I don't really remember what the thought process was, but it was literally like there was a sale for ancestry and my my wife's mom was uh, adopted. And so she doesn't really know her whole family background. And we were like, why don't we just get a DNA test and we'll both kind of figure out it'll be an experience. And I knew that there was going to be some sort of siblings involved, right? Or like the high probability there was. Mm -hmm. And I just had no idea what level that this was going to be. <laughs> and so we did this. And, and, I, and I actually completely forgot about doing the test, right? Because you did, you did like put your slide in like December, right? And Christmas, yeah. Saturday. Just don't even remember. And then I get a text message on February 14th, on Valentine's Day of 2020, before the world went to shit. And it was from Ancestry. They're like, oh, your results are online. And before I even get on there, all of a sudden, I have all these people adding me on social media accounts. <laughs> oh like, people, like, I don't know they want to. Our siblings so are a busy bunch. I, I'm not talking about what they see new, new sibling, they're like going to stalker mode. Yeah. Oh. And, and I'm not an influencer or celebrity. So all of a sudden, having a dozen people add me on it, like, it's very unusual. Right. And I'm like, what the, I'm like, what the F is going on here? And I'm like, so I go in and if you've ever gone on one of these, you know, they kind of listed out like, oh, potentially sibling or they say sibling or first cousin. And you just go down this list. All of a sudden, it takes up the entire page. And you start scrolling down. It's literally the entire page. And I have messages from multiple siblings. And I think, Chris, I think you were the first one to reach out. And she was like... Um, I think you reached out to me, no? I don't remember. I don't remember which way it was. Okay. We, we, so I spoke to you. And it was like within... I think it was within five or ten minutes of getting this text message from Ancestry that the results are online that I was speaking to Chris on the phone. 
And I think that the way you said it was, I picked my phone and like, are you, are you like somewhere comfortable? Are you saying now? And I was like, no, no, I already know the situation. I already right. know that I'm donor conceived. Like, right. Because <laughs> I think most people, it's, it's a surprise, right? It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a big yeah. surprise. And it's like their whole world is like shaken. And for <laughs> me, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I already know. Just tell me what the situation is. I just yeah. want to hear it. Like, yeah. And, and I kind of, and in those five or 10 minutes, I, I was fantasizing. I'm like, wait, is this like a celebrity? Is this like, so, is this some crazy situation? Is this like a doctor that went rogue and like had like, you know, 30, 40 kids or whatever? Uh, and it was still a crazy thing, but it was just a completely different than what I ever expected. And then um, there aren't, and, and so one kind of peculiar thing is among the siblings, it's mostly women. In you know, that's probably a bias of like who takes DNA tests. I think probably women take right. more. Interesting. So I was one of the only like brothers in the group. And so obviously I got messages. Not only is the only brother in the group, but he's the only Republican in the group. I, I'm the only the Republican brother. That's it's a genetic trait that the siblings like to argue. So within <laughs> within 30 minutes, I have people arguing. Oh I, I have said anything yet. Oh, I, I wow. my God. Yeah, and I'm like, we'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like, all right, let's dial it back. Let's get to know each other. Let's pretend like we've known each other forever. <laughs> That's fair. I was like, I was very No, no, you were Corbin. Uh, or middle ground, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, that is crazy. Oh, my God. Okay, so. What, but was it. But it's like family drama up like 15 notches. Oh, my yeah. God. I can't. But, but, but what goes through your head when all of a sudden you, either of you, are realizing that this isn't just an isolated incident. Now you've got potentially hundreds of siblings. I mean, is it, is there a part of it that's exciting? It's, I mean, it's, how could it not be exciting? Right. right. right? Like I, I, I grew up as, so I have like a, a half brother and a half sibling, you know, from my dad's side, but I, I didn't grow up with them. So I'd never, so I didn't have, I, I grew up with the feeling of being an only child. So mm. it's something I always wanted myself was to have a, a brother or a sister that I was like, hanging out with and everything. Careful uh, what you wish for. Yeah. You don't always well, get what you want, but you get yeah. what you need. No, no, I, I, I wanted, I wanted all the sibling arguments and the fight. I wanted all of that. Right. And yeah. it's something I never had. So I was like, so you start fantasizing about these things in your head. Right. And now like nothing ever happens. How do you think it's going to happen? But yeah, it was cool. So like I've gotten a chance to hang out with several siblings. Like I, I don't, it's you hung out with your kooky father. I've hung out. Oh, I've hung out with my kooky. I've smoked weed with my kooky father. Really? I've, no, I've said, well, That's not a very is, Republican thing to do. What do you mean? Very, all Republicans <laughs> get high. Well, well, okay. So, so here's the funny thing though about Jeffrey. Miss so, McConnell's as, high all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, our father is certifiably uh, crazy. Uh, oh, he's certifiably uh, crazy. But what I was going to tell them was, you know. What's really, he's certifiably crazy, except for when he smokes weed, he all of a sudden becomes super normal. Yeah. Like you can have a completely normal conversation with him. He doesn't start talking about aliens or well, like what? interdimensional. He, he'll stop doing that and he'll just be completely normal. Really? Ask, yeah. What is it's, your it's, dad's, Is I mean, is he, is he ill? Yeah, actually I mean, clinically he, ill. Yeah. 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 What, what? He, he has a, he has a, schizophrenia diagnosis it's unclear where he falls between bipolar and that he's but he's sort of got you know high levels of paranoia he, right but he's got he's sweet too like he's not he's like um you know he he lives now he's living in india it's a long story but um well so I, wait 
But yeah. he was homeless for most of my life growing up. But 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 I, it's like this is like a mini series. But it's, it's a choice. Like, yeah. It also kind of goes in with this hippie spirituality right. thing. Like he's not taking up natural resources. He he um he's nocturnal, so yeah. he sleeps literally all day, and then he's awake literally all night, oh, where he's skewing animals. It's it's all very wow. Unusual. What an interesting. Person. Well, I mean, it's also like <clears throat> says so much about the brain and how the brain kind of creates. Yeah. But own. sometimes I, I always wonder, you know, what if we're the crazy ones? And what if the people who we see on the street who we deem to be sort of unstable are the ones who can see beyond anything that we can see and they know more than we do? I always strangely that would think that would be our father's yep. physician well well i i agree with you you know because the thing at the end of the day like so i'm a you know a type a person that did the whole like go to college do your mba work in finance blah, blah blah and you know you think of jeffrey and he's somebody that came from a wealthy family a male model everything and he voluntarily chose to do this and i you will not be very many people happier than him he he chooses to do that and he would not be happy if you like chris and i have tried to get him into a home, get him into an apartment, whatever. And that would, he would be unhappy in that mm. situation. Mm-hmm. He prefers to be in the situation that he's in. And it's, um, it definitely does make you kind of wonder like how much of what we desire is actually something that we want versus something that we feel like we need to do out of some sort of like, I don't know, cultural, societal yeah. kind of thing. And, he has rose-colored glasses for how to look at it. And right. I look at it a little differently. <laughs> right. But I think it's a sweet perspective. No, no, but it, Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just, it, it, it makes you wonder. Like, I, I, I certainly am not going to change the way I live based on how I see him living, right? Because I, I don't want to live in a van. I have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make me kind of question myself sometimes when I'm like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need mm-hmm. to do this. And it's like, well, this guy is completely happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the, the closing thing on that is there was a funny part. So there was a documentary that was done that was on Sundance. And I think in some parts of it, they tried to show him in a, in my opinion, they tried to show him in a more negative light than mm-hmm. they could have. And in one of the parts, they basically kind of frame it. They're like, hey, you know, you came from this rich family. You're a male mom. You had all this going on for you, and now you're, you're living in a van. Like, they kind of put it to that to him. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and he pauses, and he goes, you know, well, biologically, I'd say I'm quite successful. <laughs> and that kind of shows his personality. That was a very cringeworthy <laughs> moment for wow. my mother, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what, but, 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 like, but, but what is your, what is your, emotional attachment or detachment from your father. You know what I mean? Because it sounds like you're... Question. Both of you guys. It's both of you guys because it sounds like you're okay with him being whoever he is, but is there any sort of emotional, you know, connection or disconnection from him? Or like fear. I mean, he's like, you know, he's got mental illness. I mean, does that then become like something that you think about? Yeah. uh, It's really complicated for me because I didn't, grow up. I think that there's like a level of sort of detachment that you can have when you have the cycle, like when it's your sperm donor. But I grew up knowing him as my dad. Mm -hmm. And there's like a level of responsibility as his child and identifying him as my dad that like, it makes it sometimes very hard for me to let go. Um, And I can get caught up in a in a psychological wheel of like how to fix it. And then of course, like having kids, it's like they have one little problem and you're like, oh my God, is it, you know? So it's, it's, yeah. it is, a, it, it, you can't, I mean, there are, part, you know, parts of this that are genetic. He also had serious trauma that, um, right. you know, I think 
And he also did a lot of really crazy hard drugs. Like, you know, when in, during my childhood, he got super addicted to speed and like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so that all has an impact on the brain as well. So, you know, it's, it's complicated for sure. Um, I think everyone can relate to complicated families. Mm-hmm. Well, we are extremely honored to be sponsored by Helix Mattresses. We love our Helix. I've been using my Helix for a long, 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 long time now. Two years for me. We have multiple Helix or Helix I or Helixes, (laughs) whatever the plural is of that, in our home. My my babies sleep on a Helix. My wife and I sleep on a Helix. And... um, It is honestly the most comfortable, most affordable mattress that I have ever slept on in my life, hands down, no question about it. There's a customization process, which is really simple. You take the Helix sleep quiz and they find the perfect mattress for you in under two minutes. So whether you sleep cold or hot or you're a side sleeper or or whatever it is, the Helix lineup offers 20, 20 unique mattresses including the award-winning Lux Collection. That's the one that I have. They, they have a newly released Helix Elite Collection. They've got mattresses designed for big and tall sleepers. They even have a mattress made just for kids. And that's what my babies sleep on. You know, sleep is extremely important. The more I learn about sleep, the better sleep I really try and get. Now you can, you know, go to bed at the same time. And wake up at the same time in the morning. All the things you need to do, but you need that mattress that is going to sort of provide you with that perfect night's sleep. And and Helix mattress definitely does that. There is no doubt about it. And the Helix mattresses, they all come with a 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. Um, It's been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Recommended by top chiropractors, doctors of sleep medicine, you just need to check it out. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash sibling. This is their best offer yet, and it will not last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Sakara. So I'm always trying to be better, look better, feel better. I, I wake up with this mindset, whether it be meditation, whether it be exercise. Now, diet is the number one thing that I need to get better at in my life. And Sakara has definitely been that ready-to-eat meal that has helped me achieve these goals. They've been a sponsor of this show for a long, long, long time, and there's a reason for it. Number one, we use it. Sakara provides me with plant-based nutrition that sets me straight and puts me on the right path. It's your reset. It's like your life, it's your reset. But really what it is, is when you think about it, it's what should be your lifestyle. So it allows you to kind of be able to look at what it is to eat truly healthy and that that's your goal. Um, So basically, if you're looking for meals that are ready to eat and they're delivered right to your door, and actually help you feel and look your best, then look no further. All right, Sakara is the answer. It's it's more than just a meal delivery program. It's a nutrition program. So Sakara brings expertly designed organic nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. They're science-backed, ready-to-eat meals, deliver results you can see and feel from weight management and eased bloat 
to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash sibling or enter code sibling at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash sibling to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash sibling. You know, you, you, fa- I mean, you found out probably, did you find out before everybody else? I mean, you probably knew before your other siblings knew. So, so in around 2005 is when the New York Times stuff started happening. And when my mother discovered it, she vowed she would never tell me and my little sister. Um, she, I have a full little sister through my dad as well. Um, she thought she was going to be able to keep it a secret forever because she just didn't want us to find out. But ultimately, she had to tell us because I was, at that time, most likely dating my half-brother. And so she had no choice. Oh, yeah, I want to get into that for a second. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so she told us, and that's sort of when, but she just told us that there were like a couple other kids potentially. Um, she didn't really explain the magnitude of it. Did she do it just like uh, that? There was a couple other kids, kids potentially. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, well, okay. Um, so so your mom knew that you were dating your half-brother? Or what? How? She just, so she, she, she read the New York Times article, realized my father had been doting sperm for 10 years after I was born while sort of playing dad. And then through, a, through another crazy set of circumstances, was alerted to the fact that the boy I was seeing was probably one of those donor kids. <laughs> now, were you like dating, dating, dating? Dating, dating. No did, way. She's asking, did you, were you stooping in the yes. Yiddish sense? You were stooping your brother? We don't yeah. know. And, and when my mother told me this, as I'm, pro- so I'm processing, you have to understand that I'm processing, okay, my dad wasn't really <sighs> your best friend. You paid him to have me. And also, there are probably a lot of other siblings. And, oh, I have a date with one of them tonight. But you're not sure. And my mom's instructing me to, like, look closely at his hands and toes. Because that's really when you can tell. Oh, my my God. Well, who informed her of this? Your dad? No. You'll have to. It's such a long story that you've been telling. Okay. Complicated. my God. But, uh, wow. I mean, and then what what was going on in your mind at that moment? (laughs) Did you, were you like, this has got to be a joke? Like, this can't be right. Yeah, it's got to be a Also, just, uh, it it felt, yes, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry because if, you have to understand that, like, and for most of the book, I talk about this, but, like, my life was already insane. Mm-hmm. Like, we were, you know, my mom was involved in pyramid schemes where we were in these giant mansions and then we were homeless and then we were, like, it, you know, many times over, we, she was a drug addict, she was sober. So, like, the idea that also my homeless father was this serial sperm donor and it was it was just too much to con- it was just too much and family at that point was already so complex cuz my mom had had all these girlfriends and we'd have so many different family units and like so just the, i was like i can't handle one more family member wow. let alone let alone my boyfriend an, being an I know. my brother <laughs> let alone a brother <laughs> a brother boyfriend has this has this subsequently been confirmed or do we still are in the gray area? It's it's a it's a complicated situation. So I sort of left it open ended. Let's just call it gray area, right? 
Call it gray area. Yeah. So, but you guys uh, look alike. Is it gray though? Is it gray though? But. <laughs> Wait a minute. But so Jesus, how are you? I gave that person I mean, like a pseudonym in the book and et cetera, et cetera. But um But you you see look, we all have our fucking crazy shit, right? But but you and again, yeah. we're just meeting, but you seem pretty good. Right, you have a family of your own. You've dealt with a lot of this stuff, I'm sure, one way or another. I don't know whether you've compartmentalized it or actually been through intensive therapy to sort of understand yourself. But you seem to be thriving, I guess. I mean, given your circumstances, it's crazy that you're even no- a normal human being. <laughs> my my husband said that to me upon meeting my mother for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've done a lot of work. Um, and I think so many people, like, I think part of the story was really like, you never know what someone's going through, um, as normal as things look on the outside. And like, I think that, uh, a lot of people can relate to having more challenging things than, than what they think everyone else is going through. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of the reason for writing the book was just to like have people relate to that and see that you can yeah, overcome some of that generational stuff. Like he didn't have an easy, it was very different, but he had, you know, a pretty abusive situation and right. you know, a totally different path can kind of like break those patterns. Yeah. And, uh, when did everybody yeah. decide to connect? So I, I learned about the siblings around 2007 and it was only a couple of years ago that I decided I wanted anything to do with them. So my, initial psychological reaction was just like, I'm going to pretend I'm going to compartmentalize this and this isn't family. It's biology. And it's just one more weird thing about my weird, crazy family. And then I, I purposely didn't do DNA tests. I stayed away from all that stuff. And that, but the sibling and the siblings got the word, like one of them reached out to me on Facebook right after I found out. And it was just too much for me. And so I, I basically was like, can you let everyone else know? I just don't want anything to do with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one ever contacted me. As new siblings were added into the bunch, you know, they just sort of left me alone. And then, um, and then one sister found out that she was donor conceived. And we had both gone to this tiny art school in Italy that no one's ever heard of for classical painting. And that was just such a weird, you bizarre... Both went? We both went a year after each other. Holy shit. Like Renaissance painting of still lives. Right. You know, this is like an obscure right. thing to go study. Holy shit. At a school. It's not like we both studied at Penn State. Yeah. Like no one's ever heard of the Florence Academy of Art. And, you know, we had all the same friends in common. And we like, oh my God. we were both married to a Brit who was seven years older than us. And it was sort of like three identical strangers. And yeah. um and so I think that coincidence and then her reaching out before she before she connected with the other group to like, no, hey, don't don't reach out to Krista. Um, I think that sort of cracked it all open. And then much like Evan, she was an only child and just so excited to have siblings. Mm. And she was like, this is just so exciting. I can't believe, this is like a <laughs> lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, you know, this doesn't happen to real people. And, and I think that like, at that moment in my life, I was more stable and happy. So I think I was more open to new mm-hmm. connections. And then also just her enthusiasm made me realize like, oh, my my negative perspective on, on, the, on all of this was just a choice that I made a long time ago. And, and 
I could also choose to just see it as this positive, exciting thing. Mm. Um, I'm well, curious. Well, it's about actually it. it's actually brings me a question for both of you guys, just sort of about this this idea of nature versus nurture. You know what I mean? There's such a great a whole half of you who you know you didn't know where you came from, and Evan, you were saying that sort of how your father informed a lot of sort of who you are, how you felt different from that, from your family. Do you guys analyze that at all? Or do you, I know you said you worry for your kids sometimes, meaning like, oh my God, I hope they're not nuts. But you know what I mean? Do you guys think about that? I mean, so like in the most generic way, we actually do have a spreadsheet that has a lot of this information of like what your likes are. Are there any like, allergies or any medication like and, and it'll blow your mind away like how many things that you think are unique about yourself that are not unique at all mm. right it's like oh you like wild mushrooms on your pizza like this it's like okay cool yeah mm-hmm. all the suburbs do we all like that it's like okay you all like marmite or something weird like something you think oh i'm like the only person no, no one else it's like yeah yeah that's a genetic thing everyone likes that so you've done uh, you, you you mean you literally more absurd than that. It's like, oh, 90% of them have cats. Not only have cats, but have them like in their profile picture. Have them in a way. In a what? Like in their, like in their profile picture. Oh, wow. On social. Oh, oh. (laughs) Right. Like, 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 you're like a cat. Cat clan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a, it's like a cat obsessed. (laughs) Like, yeah. Pets in general. Pets in general. Yeah. 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 Like every, I think every single person has a pet or close to it. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, there's so many of these things that you, and it's, I think, I feel like it's more exacerbated because people grew up apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you look at it, someone grows up with somebody else, they try to differentiate themselves in some way, right? You're like, okay, I'm the sibling that likes this. I'm this person that likes that. And I think a lot of that disappears when you didn't grow up with each other. So then when you kind of discover it and you find out all those things that you thought were your unique personality trait, it's like, no, actually, that's that's what you inherited from Jeffrey, mm. you know? Um like, like the artistic interest or like the, um, yeah, so many, so many different things. Well, like Hector and I hang out like. Uh, Hector's one of the other few brothers. One of the other few brothers. Male, male, male model who lives on a alpaca farm. Alpaca farm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> wait, wait is, is everybody California? <laughs> no, all over the country, wealthy and poor. Left and right, wow. gay mom, single mom, heterosexual, two-parent household. Like, it's really spread. They, they really price discriminated. They made sure they, when they sold it to the celebrity families, they they made sure those people made a lot of money. And then when other families that were impoverished paid, they're like, okay, we'll send it to you on dry ice. And mm-hmm. you can turkey base yourself. Really? And that's literally what happened. So it makes it, so to your, your question was about like nature versus nurture and stuff, right? We truly have like the socioeconomic spread where you have, children of billionaires and you have children of people in deep poverty in rural areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you look at like, let's keep it really simple. Look at their educational outcomes, almost no difference, right? Mm-hmm. You have people with PhDs from Harvard that had very modest circumstances and you have ones that again, come from billionaires. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I've always been somebody that thought that, you know, nature has a lot more to do with it than people think. Mm-hmm. And for me, this kind of confirmed it, but obviously that's that's not really like proof per se. That's just like evidence that I'm using to fulfill my already given idea. But and I, I was the opposite. I always thought nature was way more, mm-hmm. and now think I give. Sorry, I always thought nurture was mm-hmm. way more, and I think after getting to know the siblings, I I think nature is just so like 
there's you just there's no way around it. It's a big part of it. Um, wow. You know. And do you know every do you, the people who you do know the siblings that you do know of? Do you know what their backgrounds are, and have you dug deep into these who who they are, and have you contacted everyone that you know of? Yeah, that was my like. Have you guys all met now? We, well, because a lot of it happened has happened during COVID yeah. or post COVID. Right, I'll bet like inhibited the travel for a lot of people for a few years, you know. Um, but I mean, virtually, I've met essentially close to everyone. Not quite everyone, but close to everyone virtually. And then in person, I think you've met obviously way more people than me. Yeah, I've met six siblings in person. I think you've met. I've met quite a few. Yeah. 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 Do yeah. you guys uh, all look alike? Yeah. In certain ways, I look more like my mother, but. A huge batch of them look exactly like Jeffrey, my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you look a lot like him. Mm-hmm. My little sister that I grew up with, identical. Nicole and yeah. Kenzie. Yeah. Both identical. Like, yeah. Like, wow. because also, like, if you go on the site, they'll show you, like, what percentage you would, because it's not like you 50-50 got it from each parent. It's like you got a little bit more or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us got a disproportionate amount from Jeffrey. So we really, really look alike. <laughs> Especially, like, <laughs> the prominent characteristics, you yeah. know? So is is there anyone, anyone like in jail? Like, was there any, like, is there any crazy shit? You know, siblings were like, oh my God, this is nuts. Well, we wouldn't know, I guess. Right. Because how would they have taken a DNA test? I mean, certainly we're, we're a kooky bunch. Yeah. 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 I'm not right. going to rag on it. No, 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 of course. Yeah, we, we, have, we have some crazy It's very eccentric. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> are, uh, are there certain ones that you feel closer to than others? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like in, an, in any, na- like if you had a bunch of cousins, you'd, you know, you'd be drawn towards mm-hmm. maybe certain ones that you had more in common with than right. others. Um, right. Mm. Oh, man. And proximity helps too. And, and proximity like- has a lot to do with it. Like he lives nearby so mm-hmm. we see each other more um mm-hmm. that's all right. i also yeah. like you a lot yeah that helps uh <laughs> was it emotional like because so you you did meet each other like you did have people at your house right and when that happened like the first time you actually saw a, a sibling in person other than your sister and and same thing for you evan like how emotional was that for you? especially for you evan you didn't have siblings like was it emotional? Was it like teary or was it kind of more weird? <laughs> um, I, I would say it was extremely, po- I, I didn't get teary eyed, but it was very positive. And it was like, it was like you had met somebody that you kind of, you didn't know anything about them, but you knew them already. I, I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. It probably doesn't. But like when I met Krista, like a lot of the mannerisms you had, so a lot of us share a lot of really quirky mannerisms. Like, I don't know, like, how to describe it. Like, are you hold a glass in a certain way. When you laugh, it kind of sounds in a certain way. Like, oh your smirk gosh. is a certain... You know, and all those things, especially when you didn't grow up with the person, you didn't try to not do it the same way as them. So, there definitely felt like there was an... I, I remember, like, the whole interaction when I first met Chris was so vividly. And um, it was a really positive thing. And and I had, uh, you know, made sure, like, before I went to meet Krista, you know, I wanted to mentally align myself. I didn't get too invested in anything. Because the last thing that I wanted to do was like get really worked up and like, oh my God, what, what, what if she doesn't like me? You're what right. if I don't like her? What, what, what if we have nothing in common? This was a huge waste of time, yeah. you know? Uh, and I think, I guess maybe that was helpful for me, but like, I think it was kind of unproductive because it ended up being this super positive experience and that I just never could have envisioned happening in my life. Um, and how I'm like does, super, super grateful. How does Jeffrey feel about all of it now? 
you know, I know that he's in <laughs> India, but like, does he, is he sort of, you know, in his state of being like, it's almost like, it almost makes sense. He's sort of this wild man, this sort of free spirited guy who now spread his seed and is, it's just, he's part of the natural <laughs> order, you know? Uh, I think that's how he sees it. I mean, <laughs> he's so been, you know, like I wrote the book and it was like part of the destiny of the whole thing that like, you know, everything is very mystical. He did like, my mom was the Nishran Shoshu and he was, um, he did transcendental meditation mm-hmm. really, really intensely. And also, um, the- well, I mean, he really, he really did believe that this would happen one day. Like he truly believes that one day that everyone was going to connect somehow. Mm. Um, but, 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 but when he was actually doing it, he was doing it for the money or was he, did he have a bigger, correct. Right. He was doing it for the, he was doing it for the money. I, 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 he no, no, no. He put a mystical plan. spin no, on no. what was like no, 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 no. a way to make money for his weed habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made money. A side bet is that he got the spoon of seed, right? It's right. like. There also is like, uh, I feel like, and I mean this in the sweetest way, but there is like this evolution. I feel like when siblings first discover our dad, Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, sperm donor, um, there is like, there is just a bit of idealization, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then they're just like, it's like a coming down to reality. There's, he's so sweet and there's so many sweet things. Right. Well, I I knew that he was crazy for me. Right. You watch a documentary, you know, this is like a, I, I'm going to get canceled now, but this is a person that's not in the same mental space as a lot of us. Yeah. Right? You know that from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like you think I'm, I'm like uh, saying, like being like, oh, I, I just was very realistic. Like I knew going into it, I'm like, I'm not going and meeting a person that, you know, did the traditional, like, oh, I go to school and then I do this. And then yeah. I have a family and one and a half kids and everything. Like yeah. I knew this was going to be a person that's unusual, right. you know? So I, I tried to not, and because I didn't get mentally invested into it, when I go and I, and I grab a coffee with him or whatever, and he starts talking about aliens, I'm like, let's talk about aliens. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, hey, let's talk about aliens, man. Let's talk about like interdimensional like creatures that are like trying to control. I'm like, let's, let's just do it. Yeah, you know? Let's Why like go in. Well let's go, go deep. Lean let's into go it. Deep. Right? Well go with it. Like, I have... And, and then, like, yeah, like, you get those moments of, like, mental sobriety where you actually do get some nuggets where he, like, talks about, like, when he's, like, growing up or, like, you know. When I, he talks about the past, it's 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 yeah, much more. It's very lucid. Yeah. It's right. very, very lucid. You know, and, and there are insights that he has. And, like, we were actually, uh, Chris and I were just joking around. Like, he's feels like, it feels like he's in on the joke about himself sometimes, right? So we talked about how he's, like, into aliens and everything. And I remember this story. So we were hanging out. And uh, a gentleman came up to us and was like aggressively accosting, like, hey, do you, can you give us a cigarette? And, you know, Jeffrey's like, no, I, I got not have a cigarette. And the guy's like, are you judging? Like, getting super aggressive. Are you judging me? Like, like, like you think smoking's bad? And Jeffrey just goes, he's like, no, no, it's, it's actually really good for you. It's good for your lungs. Kind of builds it up, strengthens it and everything. <laughs> and when someone like Jeffrey says this, yeah. I actually think, I'm like, and, and so he goes away. And I'm like, okay, so like, do you actually believe that? And he's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, he's like, are you stupid? And I'm like, he's like, obviously it's bad for you. Like, <laughs> it's this moment of like complete lucidity. Like, he's yeah. complete, and I was like, how am I supposed to know? You just went off about interdimensional reptiles and stuff. Yeah. And now you're telling me don't smoke. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, yeah. How am I supposed to know which part is the crazy is part? Is he aware of himself though? I mean, is it's, it's like. I mean, we have to put our phones away when we spend time with him. Because the FBI or the government yeah. might be like listening to the conversation. Like, okay. <laughs> how did he get to India? Did he have the money to fly there? Like he's still his dough? He, he inherited a nice chunk that he ran through in a year. 
And now, but he decided, and so he went to India once, came back, and now decided he really wanted to go to India again. So, yeah. My sister and I went to go say goodbye to him, but like he'd been talking about going to India for like 30 years and never done it. So we, we, we literally just thought we were doing a pretend goodbye for his sake because he would just be in the same place tomorrow. But as he was describing like what he was doing to prep, he had like turned all of his money that he'd just inherited into gold because, you know, currency was about to collapse. There was going to be this huge false flag attack on the United States. So we had to get to India. But then he showed me like the wig he had just bought to disguise himself on the airplane. Oh my God. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but he paid. And then he paid because he needs to bring all of his animals because those birds, are his children, his, his birds, his cats, the whole thing. He needed to bring them to India. And that was like a, like, this is the areas where he's lucid. It's wow. like, how did he get through the paperwork yeah. of being able to bring animals? So, like, yeah. I have no idea. He can't even do, like, He the most brought basic, birds well, to India? Well, well, so, think about this, right? Because it's like, it was something that, like, a foreigner couldn't bring an animal. So he, he paid it. He paid Indian a family, family, an Indian family to travel with him wow. to India. Wow. people that have each of the animals. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, wow. Yeah. Wow. This is... Well, this he's, is, what an interesting man. Because you're right. It's like this these lucid moments where he's able to sort of function at a very high level being yeah. organizing something like that but at the same time I feel like it, your you know, father might be on to something <laughs> maybe we don't throw the baby out with the bathroom um, maybe maybe this is like a yeah. it's becoming commonplace that this is all happening yeah. with, with, with all these I mean, DNA when things when you think about it it makes sense right because it's like how many if, if a woman is looking for a sperm donor you know they're going to check the similar boxes right they're yeah. going to it's going to be height. It's going to need to be intelligence. It's going to be whatever. And there ends up only being a certain number of people, right? That fit all those characteristics. Yeah. Especially, so, but back at that time as well, there were a couple of factors. No one ever thought people would find out. Right. Yeah. Never fathom DNA testing. So everyone was just doing this without thinking through any of the Are there more Could regulations? Could you imagine having a kid now? with someone or falling in love with someone, like really being in love and then finding out that it's your brother or sister? Well, Chris, that almost happened. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what happened? Yeah, we we didn't end this. Hold on. What what happened? Did what was 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 it like? Did it get weird, or was it sad, or was like what was the? It it was super weird. It was also compounded by the fact that this person had a very close relationship to the father that had raised them. Okay, and I didn't want to be the person to shatter that relationship right. by like saying that there was possibly a lie at the heart, like that hadn't been told. So not only did I have to like deal with it psychologically and obviously break up with the person, but then also I couldn't process it with him, which would have been the most therapeutic thing there was. Oh my because God. It's like, I didn't why want are you to breaking be the one up with me? Break. What's wrong? Like, well, <laughs> um, I'm your sister. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst movie ever. It's like the worst lifetime movie. It is. Oh my God. It, it totally it's is. so crazy. And and no, there's there's not more regulation now. That's one of the most oh, yeah. bizarre so, parts. So there's still no regulation. It's all self-regulated. It is. So a sperm bank tell you, we'll retire a donor after 30 pregnancies. But there's like no- like Five. They usually tell them five. I think that's where yeah. I think I told everybody five, and like there was one family that paid a very very large amount of money. One of our si- one of our siblings to buy all of the samples remaining, and there have still been siblings, you know, after that oh, person. Wow, because they're just like sure, we'll 
throw it all so away. So you have like you, siblings who are- file is worth money. Right. I'm fascinated. Like, I want to know everybody now. I want to, I, I weirdly want to become Jeffrey. I, I don't know. I, I like, I want to like donate now. I want to, this is. You know what? I think there is some weird male urge. Yeah. It's, it's this like, like megalomaniac spread, insanity. Seed and multiply. No, I know. I, you know, um, I, 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 I have a, one, a, a few more questions and then we'll, we'll get out of here. But, but wondering about your connection as siblings, like, is it so much based on this moment and this experience? Or have you been able to get past all that now? Now you're just homies and your siblings and your friends and you love each other. Or is it still really rooted in this, in this story? As far as your no, conversations go. it's totally that. And we would, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I feel like it's just fun to hang out. It's super fun to hang out. I mean, and, and what I would say is, is like, I hang out with all my siblings in different kind of ways, right? Like me and Hector, and for the longest time, I don't, Hector really didn't talk to really any of their siblings. That's the one that had the Mexican heritage. The Mexican yeah, heritage. Yeah, yeah. The model and it's like El Paco guy. Is we, we would like get together and we would watch MMA and just bullshit for hours. Yeah. And we never, we never even really talked about the whole sibling thing. I think we-, we It's also just like men. But, but like, we I was going to say, it's very male. <laughs> You're like, let's not process anything. Like, right. We're just being stupid. <laughs> We're like, talking about something. <laughs> we, like, best friend with the alpacas. We were with the dog. Like, we did all this. Sh- we did, we probably did this, like, over a dozen times before we ever even spoke about right. sibling or Jeffrey or anything. Right. Is you know? he a and, socialist? Oh, he's actually a, a socialist? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. He's actually a super. Yeah, la- I knew it. I had a bit. feeling. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's like an alpaca, like an alpaca farm. farm. <laughs> he's he's like, a farm, right? But then I have. There's another sister who's like not as close with everybody, but she and I, we just we share political memes every day. That's all we do. Uh, we just talk about politics and stuff. And it's like because she's like conservative, yeah. and she's like I think she's the only other conservative, not the only one, but one of the only other ones in the group. And it's like, um, you know, we all have our own thing. And then Chris and I, like. I, I had well, I, we argued about politics argued first of our relationship. Yeah, oh, really? But I have a thought way because he's like really informed and intelligent. And yeah. I'm like, I'd love to hear the other side. Yeah. And informed. It might still make me angry. Right. But it, it's like providing me, it's like sharpening my views a little bit because yeah. I have to yeah. like really. But I, well, that, that was, it's, you know, it was peak. Everyone was fighting about this because Trump was in office. Yeah. It yeah. was like peak. Yes. Family fighting over yes, politics. Yes, yes, now yes. we don't talk about that as ever. No, no. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that changed those, right? Like I have a 19 month old now. Yeah. Right? And I kids. feel like that that's like that it's like kind of weird where like that's something you now you really have someone to relate to. It's like yeah. something you can really talk to about that kind of thing stuff Aww. with. And that's uh, so nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's it's really moved past just the Jeffrey story. Obviously, there's that's always an underlying current of like joking around, like, oh, are we doing are we both going through this thing as a Jeffrey? Are we doing this as Jeffrey? Like, are our kids having this trait? Because it, that's a little thing, but it's kind of like, in a way, a joke or like a kind of thing that you kind of like bond over versus being like the core reason for why you are like hanging out with each other, talking with each other, right? Like, at the end of the day, look, we live in LA. We have huge friend circles. We could we could never spend a day together and and have, you know, everything to do. Like, we choose to hang out with each other because we want to, right. You know, it, it's a voluntary when you have all these other options. Right. And I, I think that that's one of the great things about like, once you become an adult, you get to set the standard of what your relationship to your family is. 
And it's been really empowering to have all these siblings now. And I can foster this relationship and everything. And yeah, um, it's really yeah. fun. I they answered your question. Do people come to you now in similar situations, kind of seeking, like, do you get a lot of people that at, like are sharing their stories with you, Krista? I get a lot. I wouldn't say just, you know, they're, they're like batches of people. Like I get a lot of, you know, random emails and messages now from people that are like, yeah, that have new donor, you know, realize they were donor conceived and they're just meeting their siblings and the book helped them to process it. But also there's like a whole other cohort of people that just came from like either alcoholic or dysfunctional families. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah. uh, wow, I didn't realize how much I was impacted by my mom's alcoholism mm -hmm. or like, oh, wow. I never told anyone that my dad has mental illness and this is how, like, and it was just so nice to like hear an open story about that. Or so there's a whole bunch. I mean, I, I think that's just memoir in general, um, mm -hmm. why I love it so much. Yeah. But, um, how old are your kids? Five and seven. And, and, 19 months. and yeah. 19. And then the, and what about the five and seven? Who's, you know, grandpa, you know what I mean? Like, does Jeffrey going to play any part in their life? I... I wanted them to meet him. And so we met on like a park play set with my older son, who's sort of like at this point, he's he's like, oh, hi, Auntie Jen. You know, he's like meeting a new aunt or uncle mm -hmm. like often. And he was so little that I don't even think he attached a lot to grandpa. But um, but I wanted him to meet him. And I wanted to give my dad the opportunity to meet him. But my dad was so uncomfortable. He just kind of didn't know what to do. Yeah. And like, he... He's very shy. He's very shy. He's very shy. And so he, so he wound up like seeing a dog pass by that belonged to someone else. And mm. then he just like was like, you know, he can, he can interact with animals way better than human beings. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So. Your guys' family I, reunions would be like 300 like people. 3, 000, like 3,000. Like all the cousins. cousins. Like in, in, in about 20 years, it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Like you just insane. rent out like staples. Center. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's to the point where I can't remember names. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So what uh, would be the silver lining of everything that's come out of this for both of you? Oh, I don't know. Wait, go ahead. You go. Well, you know, I had no, like, I had no idea what to expect. And my whole concept, the whole reason why I never even took a DNA test, even though essentially my entire life I've known about this whole thing was that I only had negative expectations. And I only had expectations that I was either going to be disappointed or I was going to disrupt somebody else's life and everything. And that couldn't be further from the truth, right? Like I've developed a bunch of really great relationships with people that I would have never, probably never had a chance to meet. And um, it's it's honestly, it made me, it was a, it's actually a decision factor in my own family of whether or not we're going to have, you know, other children. Mm. is because how positive this whole experience has been getting me to sibling. And it's something I always wanted, um, but I was kind of afraid of, you know, especially didn't want to do it out of circumstance that I was like the person invading someone else's family and everything. And I don't know, everything about it's been really positive. Mm. Um, Good. You know, and it, is Jeffrey like a father, a father figure right. there? No, obviously not. Right. But I didn't have that expectation going into it, you know, but is, is Krista the sister? Probably, you know, is Hector the brother? Yeah, probably, you know, and all my other siblings. Yeah. Like, they're all it's they're all really interesting people and it's it's given me an area of my life um a lot of fulfillment that I never expected. Is Hector the hottest sibling? 
I feel like Hector's pretty hot. <laughs> he's a pretty handsome. He's, dude. He is very handsome. He's a pretty handsome dude. Yeah. He's like he's like he's the Mexican. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm not a male model. Like there's there's <laughs> levels, right? Like <laughs> I just feel like Hector's like this dark flowy hair, like hot with like running with alpacas. It's a, it's a like I remember like when people show you siblings. Remember, like there are certain siblings where people are like, damn, like wait, well, that's your sister, right? Oh, that's your brother. I'm like, okay, hey, stop, right. stop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Krista? Yeah, I think I think that I think that was beautiful. Like I think it's yeah, um, seeing things in a positive light and like being curious rather than putting all those judgments on it would definitely be um, be one aspect of it. And then I think you know, everyone has a dysfunction in their family in some, in some way. And I think feeling less shame about that and, and being more open and you just sort of realize that how much more universal some of those feelings and experiences are, even if the details are different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing, like I'm very open with when I meet people telling people about this story and everything. Like when someone says, oh, do you have a brother or sister? I'd say, yeah, I have about like 40, mm-hmm. you know? And, I, and I'm like, I feel very comfortable telling people about it. And what I've noticed is, is like when you're really open about like personal, I mean, I'm not suggesting people start oversharing for whatever, but like it makes other people feel comfortable sharing their own experiences that maybe before they, like, I can't tell you how many people I've had tell me like, oh, hey, actually, you know, I'm either adopted or I'm donor conceived or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is something I've, I've like, they've kept like inside of them like their entire lives and they've never felt comfortable talking about it. You know, mm. I don't know. For me, it's like, I guess a form of therapy and like, and it seems like that's like for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right, let's do the speed round. Should we do our speed round? <laughs> sure. Okay, you guys. First impression of the other. This is a, this is going to be a good one. Just in general. Smart. Trying to psychoanalyze me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, one word to describe your relationship now. Stimulating. That's a really good one. Stimulating. You can't copy you me. Can't copy. That's that's bullshit, dude. Just bullshit. Okay. Um <laughs> I don't I think this is too There's feely. a lot of words. <laughs> it's too feely. There's a lot of words you could use. Just say MMA. Just what kind of <laughs> I don't know. Um no, it's very loving. I've, you know. Oh, sweet. Yes. There it is. Okay. The thing you have most in common. We're getting to charge our phones. <laughs> We're very forgetful. Uh, I'd say like, in, like intellectually engaged. Yep. Yeah. Like we're curious yeah. about things. Yeah. Curious. One word to describe your childhood. Uh, Colorful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun word to describe it. Uh, tough. Dysfunctional. Yeah. You need to write a book too. I know. You and Hector. It'd be cathartic. You and Hector <laughs> should write a book. Yeah, like side by side. Or like, or if who are you closest in age to? Well, there's like, I think six of us all are like born the same year. That's crazy. Anyone have the same birthday? Is that... And we have tw- yeah, there's twins. There's, there's, twins? there's a bunch of Yeah. Wow. I actually went to school with someone that's married to one of our siblings. <laughs> wait, so wait, wild. what? I went to school with someone yeah, that's I went married. To- you went, 
Oh my God, that's so weird. Yeah. It's so crazy. It, this, this could go on forever. It will go on forever. It will go on forever and ever. Funny because they're like, recently I went to lunch with someone who knows the sister I grew up with mm-hmm. and, and was asking if he could, like how to get in with her mm-hmm. on a date or something. And I was like, you know, I don't think that's going to work out for you. But I do have like 20 other ones. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you oh should start a dating service. That Don't would be great. Don't look close enough. You know, like, you can't get me <laughs> Date okay. my sibling. Last question. What is one quality of your sibling that you wish that you had more of for yourself? Yeah. Your thoughtfulness. Oh. Um, your... You have a great memory for facts, and it makes arguing you seem very difficult. So I wish that I also had the same right. memory. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That was the easiest one, by the way. I, I feel like I screwed up earlier in a laying around, but like, yeah, your thoughtfulness is like, I'm just very, very jealous of it, to be honest. Like, I want to be like back here and get everything. There's still time. Sen is very thoughtful. Yeah, that's very sweet. Thank you. Mm. Well, you guys, this was amazing. Really fascinating. I mean, I, so fun. It was so fun and wild. And I can't believe how crazy your life has been, Krista. I mean, Evan, I would look forward to knowing more about yours. But I mean, amazing that you've come through all of that and that you're here and having fun and talking about all of this and like laughing with your brother, mm-hmm. newfound brother and... It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it oh, is. It yeah. is pretty amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we had a dad who kind of left for a little bit, and I got all fucked up. <laughs> you have you, uh, you, 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 you have had a lot, lot more. Like, yeah, but puts, than it me. puts your problems I know, in I don't, perspective. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. This was so fun. So fun. Really, fun. thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate. Yeah. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Breslin. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. If you want to show us some love, rate the show and leave us a review. This show is powered by Simplecast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.